Hello and welcome back to Bill and Crypto. We've been away for a while on hiatus. If you follow me on Twitter, you would have noticed that I said I'll be back in August. It's August. I'm back. So uh, this episode is for the 25th of August, 2020. Um, we're going to be doing a, bit of, doing a bit of housekeeping, talk a bit about what I've been up to. Uh, it relates to the crypto space, which is nice. And uh, then we're going to jump in some key things that I've missed or not shared with you guys talked about just yet and there's some recent news as well so housekeeping first um where have i been so i've been very fortunate to be part of uh, and get some insights to the innovation team one of the largest banks in the world i'm going to be have been working or getting insight to the payment side of things but mostly in terms of innovation that includes blockchain so uh, i've been picking the brains of some people that are working on some very interesting things from outside of the cryptocurrency space but using some of the, the um, innovative technologies uh, that are from crypto and outside like artificial intelligence and the rest and it's been really interesting because it's changed my perspective on the cryptocurrency and where we are and what we need to really push things forwards and get to where people expect things to go um, and I'll probably be talking about that in a separate episode because it'll probably take about 20 minutes to half an hour um, keeping this one short and sweet as best as I can and also I kind of want to get these guys I've been working with on an episode but it's a bit tricky because they want to be anonymous um, they don't want to kind of leak any secrets um, and that's something I can't really do either um, but I think if I kind of uh, quell any um, concerns they do have uh, well enough then I might be able to get one on or two or both of them on uh, to the people that I want on the podcast for an interview and just talk about how they see the future of cryptocurrency what's needed because I think they could do a much better job than myself to really um, uh, talk about some key concepts that I think are extremely necessary for this space um, but we'll see we'll see that that's up in the air I'd say it's about 50-50 at the moment but we shall see um, but let's talk a bit about uh, some housekeeping and Bull and Bear Crypto's future so what I'm going to be doing from, from now on is mostly audio episodes and trying to do them short versions but frequently. If you remember when if, when I first started the channel, if, you, if you're an OG Blue Bear Crypto uh, fiend um, and you've been here from 2017 or, or the very early days, you might remember that I was doing daily videos, half an hour videos on cryptocurrency every day without, admit, without missing a single day for I think almost a year. Um, and I kind of started breaking it up. Um, but I, I, I'd, l I'd love to go back to that. So I'm, go I'm going to be looking to do shorter versions um, to kind of cover a few concepts and news mostly uh, from the day and kind of dive into to things that I think are interesting just to kind of keep it consistent for you guys and um, you know help help the <coughs> help the project grow. And I will also be doing video content still uh, and that'll be more longer form, half an hour, including technical analysis. Because um, I know a lot, a lot of you guys love that, but that'll be just less frequent. So probably on part of what I was doing previously, once a week, approximately. Um, and that'll be cross-posted across all platforms that I'm on. Um, so that'll be on Instagram, anywhere you find podcasts, so iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, everything. 
and also YouTube. So um, be on all platforms, basically. Um, but if you want a bit more action, if you want a, few, a bit of the extra goodies, um, you can get trade alerts for free and market updates and insights on the email list. So best place to go is bullenbeckcrypto.com forward slash email. And um, you'll be asked to subscribe to the email lists. And from this Sunday, I will be releasing a bit of a market update, um, giving some insights as well. Also reminding you of what I've covered from the week previously terms of episode and, and in case you've missed anything because i know that some of you do uh might miss out on some content because not on all platforms um, and that's just a good way to kind of get some I, I will be posting probably the best the best trades i, I can foresee for that day or for a swing um, does depend um but that's there as well um also a shout out to those of you that have been uh helping with me with the membership site as well. So you might see as well, when you go to bloombearcrypto.com, um, there's an option to log in. There is a membership site that's been running for three to four months now that I've had being tested. And that's, you know, it's got my actual trade alerts with charts and things, with video courses, um, access to the community, trading uh, the community via Slack. That's still closed off actually through the website. Um, keeping that closed because it's a tight community um, but it will be opening up again soon but that would be via the membership site uh, and ultimately that's something I've been working on since November of last year and getting support with now in terms of web developers and the rest because it's, it's just taking too long it's ridiculous and it's, it's beyond my uh, my capability in terms of coding and stuff to kind of get done what I want and how, how I'd like it so um, you know, perfection's the enemy of good, and that's kind of what's been going on with with that. So, um, that's there for you guys as well. So, pre thank you so much for those guys that have been testing. I think there's about fifteen to I think fifteen twenty of you still there. Um, but let's talk about some key things that have been happening from the space. So, it, Warren Buffett, <laughs> Warren Buffett. Actually, no, no, we're not going to talk about Buffett. Right away, we're going to talk about the new all-time high that's happened in the S&P 500. So the traditional stock market, American stock market, S&P 500 reached a new all-time high today. Um, and I just want to touch upon some key things. So the top five stocks in the S&P 500 have been doing most of the legwork. I read an interesting statistic recently that if the top five stocks corrected by 5 to 10%, the rest of the S&P 500 would have to rally 100% to kind of make up that shortfall. That's because the rest of the market really isn't doing much comparatively versus the top tech stocks ultimately. Now, some may say that this is a change in what's you know the future, the future of the stock market in terms of that tech is you know, the way to go, not the way to go, but tech, tech's what's driving innovation. So therefore it's going to have a, have a value um, and that, you know, traditional markets kind of eventually going to shake free of some of the other stocks. Like they kind of should have happened during this crisis, uh, recession, and should have happened during the last one, but have been basically artificially propped up through various means. Um, keep 
kind of keep jobs, keep things going, which, you know, where, wherever you stand, stand on, on, you know, on, in terms of, you know, keeping people employed versus having companies that aren't really providing enough value to keep running, essentially bailing them out, um, is interesting, especially considering a lot of these companies have been sitting on cash and just been pumping up their own stock valuations rather than keeping cash in reserves in case the worst were to happen, they've been buying back their own stocks so they can inflate the price. It's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, I digress. The point is that there's new all-time high, but I, one, key, one key thing I really think you guys should watch is how these top five stocks are performing because they're the leading indicator as to health of the stock market. Not the economy. The economy is trash right now. Money, the, uh, I think money velocity is the lowest it's ever been recently. So people aren't spending money. And obviously they aren't because firstly, they're concerned about being able to still have money in the future. Um, so people are likely trying to conserve as much as possible. But it means that there's a stim uh, stagnation aspect in terms of the actual real world economy. And we're talking about the US economy here, obviously, because um, it is representative of where things are broadly across many countries, to be fair. But people aren't spending money, people are conserving more. Um, that leaves that leads to a deflationary cycle, basically. So that leads to um, a, a recession slash depression, which is what we're already in. So it kind of looks like we might be on the early stages of a depression. I, I've been thinking we're, we're in a depression for quite some time anyway, based on what's going on, because it's compounding so much, multiple things happening at the same time. Plus, statistically, if you look at how... It's, it's interesting because um, BBC News had a funny, something I, I burst out laughing at because it's just such, it's so, so poor. But they're saying how um, the GDP had decreased by 20 to 25%. Um, and that, that means that we're officially in a recession. Well, actually, it means we're officially in a, a depression because last time that happened, um, it's been it's been such a long time. The last time it happened was actually in the depression. So they've basically just moved the bar as to what they can classify as a depression, depression and recession. But ultimately, we're in a depression um, because a recession would mean and it's so it's so hilarious um, because then they started talking about a V-shaped recovery, U-shaped recovery. Um, but but really, it's you know the actual economy is completely stagnant. But anyway, I digress. I'll go back to the U.S. economy. Um, money velocity is lowest have been something stupid at the moment and um, yet the stock market is doing really well so again that's not really a rep the stock market isn't a representation of the actual u.s economy um, i think i read a stat somewhere that's about 13 to 18 percent uh, of of the actual real world companies that are based that the that are traded on the U uh, u.s stock market actually representative of the u.s economy and why am i mentioning this well the reason why is because uh, I think the number is going to continue to go up because um, central banks and the US government will basically do whatever it takes to keep the number going up because if the number doesn't go up, then people's pensions are fucked. Um, and from a political perspective, to kind of uh, remain in power um, and get, you know, you know, maintain support, there's a political element that, you know, people think of the economy they actually think of the stock market so uh, a stock market that goes up people think the economy is doing well even if they're not actually doing well even if you know um, inflation tax basically is 
ridiculously high, even if they're getting taxed a ridiculous amount, um, and that their actual purchasing power is decreasing, so they're just losing more and more money over time. As long as the stock market goes up, that's okay, because the economy is doing well. That's what people think. So um, the key thing I said that you should watch is the top five tech stocks, because what we're starting to see is them slow down and sideways trade a bit one by one so if we start seeing one by one each of these tech stocks to start sideways trading and then just not start reaching the all-time highs um and again these stocks were already running on fumes before the correction due to in, in march um th this correction in march kind of was a nice nice bit of a nice reset for them because it gave them breathing room so they could start doing the same thing again but but um if we do start seeing sideways trading, which we have, then we're likely to see a correction, significant, a significant one. And if we see another correction, then we're likely to be in depression mode. Okay, so that's something to bear in mind. Um, so be just be careful out there, guys. Anyway, moving on to the next bit. So Warren Buffett, don't know if you're aware, a little while ago, he sold a bunch of his bank stocks. I think this is the last couple of weeks, at least the last four weeks, and started buying a bunch of gold. Not only did he buy a bunch of gold, he bunch he bought a bunch of gold, uh, gold stock that I've mentioned to you guys within the last 12 months, that I mentioned quite a few times, that my friend turned me on to, because he said when Barrett Gold does really well, uh, Barrett Gold does really well when gold does well, and it's true. I'm still holding Barrett Gold. Warren Buffett bought a massive amount of Barrett Gold, sold a considerable portion of his bank stocks. And it's because in the current interest rate environment, where interest rates are so low, it's extremely difficult for banks to, to basically um, make money in, in, a tr in a typical sense, especially now. Um, you know, we're going to need negative interest rates for banks to really make lending easy because basic, basically banks make money from, from creating debt and, and leveraging using people's debts as a means of, of, of income, basically. Um, people borrow from the bank, the bank makes more money because they're getting paid more than they're, they're loaning out. That's ultimately how the, the banks work in very simple simple terms, layman's terms. Um, and with lending being so cheap, rates being so low, money being so, so cheap, um, it's it's a very competitive environment, so it's, it's very difficult for banks to make money in the traditional sense uh, compared to where how, where they were five five years ago, ten years ago. So um, Buffett sold all his bank stocks, or well, most of his bank stocks, and bought a bunch of Barrick Gold. If you haven't bought Barrick Gold yet, um, you know Gold's kind of positioned to reach a new all-time high within the next six to twelve months, uh, and really smash it out of the park. Um, talking some silly numbers, um, just the way things are trending, and that's probably why Buffett bought a bunch of gold stock. So that's worth taking a look at. Again, not investment advice, not financial advice, just educational purposes only, but it is worth just investigating, learning more, uh, trying to understand why these people are making these moves. Um, but again, don't forget, I did mention it on the show within the last 12 months quite a few times, and people did ask me, where do I get my gold? And I did say that I get physical gold, and I also buy Barrett gold, gold stock because... Because um, again, when it does well, Barrett Gold does really well, and um, they have they have a good uh, good track record. Anyway, moving on to some the actual news from the space. Let's how how long have been going for? Fifty minutes. Okay, I'm gonna breeze through this in the next five minutes. So, um, 
the space has been going absolutely crazy in my absence. In my last video, I mentioned four or five cryptocurrencies that are worth taking a look at, um, some trade setups. Um, one that did the best was Link. <laughs> um, so if you're in the members site, so I think, again, like I said, it's only 15 to 20 people that are in active at the moment. I've been helping test the site. Um, you got my trade alerts. I was mentioning Link from a symmetrical triangle perspective. Our entry was to trade the triangle and then play the breakout. So if it was going to correct and start, you know, start setting off, so the triangle broke negative, then, you know, we'd start going short. Um, if the triangle was to break positive, uh, uh, break out to the upside then sorry break down to the downside and break up uh, to the upside then you know we just kind of ride the wave and because it's still you know in pure price discovery territory so a lot of people have been saying that link has, is kind of on its last legs uh, where are all the link marines but I mean in terms of what the chart's saying it looks like it's it's poising itself for another move up personally that's what i see so it's contrary to probably what most people are thinking um if i'm honest with you but until the chart shows me something else then you know um i actually don't have the chart up today i'm actually basing this off what i was seeing a few days ago but what's hilarious is the the chap that actually told me about barrett gold um i mentioned uh i sent him a screenshot of link let me just see um send him a screenshot of the link trade i was in just opening up WhatsApp, bear with me guys, um, just to get some dates. I need to get this guy on the podcast as well. Uh, he did He did say he'd do it, but in September, because he's launching his own his own uh, business at the moment. And um, yeah, he's got a lot of work, got a lot on his plates. But um, uh, yeah, I sent him a, a screenshot of the link trade I was in uh, on the 12th of August, and the entry, it was up 263%. Um, and, and by the way, guys, just to be clear, I'd love to say I'm some genius, uh, and that I knew Link was going to go this, go, you know, do do this significantly well, but I really didn't. Honestly, it's just a case of um, I was far less active with my trading. I couldn't afford the time to just constantly check on my trading, and I was forcing myself to do slightly less when I was looking at it. And I also made a point to not have access to my laptop that's part of what i've been doing as well making sure that i do other work by not constantly just going straight to my laptop when i when i'm at home so i just pack my laptop away before i leave i do some actual work with pen and paper the, the, old, the old pen and paper that i used to do um which has been really useful but what's hilarious anyway back to this link link traders um i, I was mentioning to him that you should start trading crypto again just look at crypto because there's some interesting things happening um, and I showed him the link trade, and the next day it was up from 263 to 304%, which is hilarious. It's ridiculous. And I think it went up to 350% in total. So, again, I'm, let me be clear I'm not saying I'm some trading genius because I'm not. I do okay. But um, this is, link, link is absolutely crazy absolutely crazy and again i don't think i don't think the moves over just yet i think i still think it's got some more room in it until the chart starts showing me other start showing me otherwise um a few of the other coins i mentioned i'm just trying to bring up the, the last podcast which i'll actually do on my phone as well because my spotify my computer um is a bit funky so again, it's even in the title, guys. So I also mentioned Engine, VeChain, Cardano, and Enigma. So and I did post those to the membership sites as well, uh, which again will be opening up at some point to you guys. It's going to be very nice. Um, 
for you and a lot of you guys will be getting it for free access for free if you bought the previous um, if you bought the, the, the course technical analysis course um, you'll get access for free um, but Cardano's up was up a hundred percent since the since the since May I think VeChain's up something like 180 200 uh, Enigma I believe was up a hundred percent to 150 and then engine didn't do well um, engine had like a 30% move and then just kind of uh, lost all its value and started uh, you know flitting between 30% and then would have got stopped out so um, those are the coin picks in the last episode again if you'd like the free trade alerts billandbearcrypto.com forward slash um, email jump on that list I'll be you know releasing a few uh, few free alerts with some insights as well so and it's all for free it's all free by the way um and you can stay up to date with stuff uh so let's talk about the absolute insanity of this space how long do we have left <laughs> already spoke for six minutes jesus um let's talk about lend or ave so the, the, the DeFi space is what the ico space was during 2017 2018 DeFi is where all the insane bros are going, not bros, all the insane people are going to kind of, not insane, where insane amounts of money is going in this space. And with the, with the, with the, you know, with the, with, with the very, you know, reasonable uh, reason why is because it's where a lot of innovation is and where a lot of people could actually make money. So let's talk about a few things that cool, that's cool about DeFi. One, you can actually earn, in theory, interest on your cryptocurrency further than you could from any bank account that exists. That's in the West, at least. Because interest rates are so low, um, people are flocking to DeFi to lock up their crypto on a monthly rolling period. Some some projects are even allowed daily. Um, so you can actually withdraw your crypto and earning interest. Now, if you're open to more risk, this is actually a fantastic way to beat inflation, in theory. In theory. And I say in theory because you have to hold the original token, lock it up in DeFi, or you have to lock up um, your crypto, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, in, uh, in DeFi, a DeFi proxy. Um, to actually yield gains, and this, of course, this means that your capital is at risk ultimately, um, because firstly, there could be a flash loan, there could be any kind of hack, there could be any a number of reasons why you could lose your DeFi, and that's why there are insurers popping up now to insure um, assets that you have uh, been using for collateral. And all DeFi is at the moment is removing the middleman from traditional financial services. Ultimately, I haven't really seen any crazy new innovation from this space compared to what already exists in the, in the, in the traditional financial space. All it is is removing the middleman, which means also putting control in terms of of um, how you know how how you know have basically have a decentralized system, except. Know, some of these projects aren't so de decentralized but ultimately this is where all the action is happening in the space at the moment i believe lend uh recently got approval from the fca which is a uk regulatory body for the financial sector um which 
basically allows um, Lens Parent Company to issue digital money and provide payment services. So um, what that means is that Lend or AVE, AAVE, AVE is in a really strong position to kind of provide financial, bridge the gap between traditional finance and crypto. So um, I'm going to talk a bit about why that's, they're probably going to face some serious hurdles um, in, in, in another podcast episode. Um, but uh, it's, it's insane. They've been, you know, it's up 4,000% since I last took a look. Um, and, you know, it's now the number one DeFi crypto, cryptocurrency in the space. I wonder what it's ranking on CoinMarketCap. I think on CoinMarketCap it is something like, let's see. It's just above VeChain. It's ranked 23rd. So DeFi is taking over, guys. DeFi is taking over slowly but surely. So um, a very interesting thing uh, I saw today, which is really true uh, of each market cycle, is that the newer cryptocurrencies, newer products that slowly creep up the you know, rankings and start slowly start increasing in growth are more likely to net a return than the projects that did the same last market cycle. Um, they're more likely to, to give you greater... ROI just because, um, you know, I mean, take a look, if you go to quote market cap and look at, um, you know, historical, um, historical, uh, uh, the historical caps for each for each year on coin market cap. So, for example, what what coin market cap looked like in twenty ten, you can take a look at that. You know, it's always a different list of cryptocurrencies. Only a few really stick about. So the ones that really start to creep up um, from you know rank 50, rank 50 upwards, I'd say, are probably worth taking a look at the newer ones, provided they have been a complete pump, uh, pump and dump. It's been a slow, slow ascension with uh, you know solid fundamental news. They're probably going to do well during the bull market, highly likely. So that's something to consider. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Fidelity. Fidelity are a financial institution that allows people to invest in traditional markets, um, also allows custodial services for crypto. And the asset manager has basically been scrutinizing um, the stock to flow model by 1 trillion Bitcoins, uh, plan B, and have essentially come out and said, today, I believe it's today, let's check, 25th of August, yes, that this model is completely valid and it's a reasonable um, model for assessing the trajectory of Bitcoin. Now, the great thing about Plan B's model is that it's verified by multiple third parties. Um, it is a stock-to-flow model. Um, so, basically, it's, it's a ratio of how much of an asset is existence versus price versus trajectory um, and it's basically saying Bitcoin's going to be a million dollars by 2029 I think that's rather extraordinary and quite a stretch if I'm honest with you just due to what's necessary in terms of hurdles but in five years the sorts of bit saying Bitcoin will be over 100k and it's very possible you know we could have you know, a complete parabolic move to a million and then, uh, you know, 750,000 dollar correction. 
you know, so Bitcoin could be trading at three three hundred thousand or something, you know, so or two hundred and fifty thousand if I if I actually like pay attention to my math. So um, that's completely possible. Some ridiculous spike, some ridiculous parabolic move, and then correction to to price. And people say, oh, Bitcoin's dead. People keep saying Bitcoin's dead. But realistically speaking, you know, we're, we're so early. And again, I'm going to be talking about this in a separate video, especially in terms of user experience. It's so key. Um, we're just not there yet in this space to have have broad, uh, widespread adoption. It's just not happening yet. A full stop. Um, and I will I will talk about that soon. Um, but um, but yeah, that is quite it's quite interesting have having these uh, you know financial institutions, asset management uh, asset management companies, you know, with their own experts uh, scrutinizing the model. So let's talk about Australia very quickly. So talk about privacy coins so um, Australian exchanges are currently going through a process of delisting privacy coins amid a chain analysis integration so if you're unaware what chain analysis is it's basically um, where these companies are examining using technology to examine the blockchain to reveal where money is going and where transactions are going to and from and who is sending those transactions. So privacy coins are basically uh, projects that try to preserve privacy. And some people see chain analysis as a good thing because it means that in terms of bridging the gap between a traditional financial system with KYC, you know your customer, onboarding, uh, anti-money laundering, et cetera, et cetera, for this space to grow and be legit uh, legitimized, um, there needs to be chain analysis because it allows them to provide a, a solution to um, knowing where people are sending the cryptocurrency to. So removing the anonymity aspect or pseudo anonymity. Some people think this is a bad thing because it's, it's, it's the antithesis of the core principles of the cryptocurrency space, antithesis of the core principles of Bitcoin, where we reign sovereign over our own um, you know our own own money um, we choose to basically opt out of the existing financial system and I say we like I'm in bold but I mean I'm using the, the royal we um, and where ultimately um, chain, chain analysis companies are are evil and I think there's a problem there's probably more reasonable to say that that's the truth is somewhere in between two of the, those two extremes um, realistically speaking so Monero, Komodo, Bitcoin and Zcoin have been delisted from uh, a few a few of the coins have been delisted thanks to uh, a chain analysis company um, from Australian exchanges this is something that was going to be inevitable because because um, the more and more this space grows, the more and more this space becomes popular, the more and more traditional finance kind of uh, starts integrating into this space, the more and more we're going to see KYC, AML uh, procedures kind of being, uh, you know, these exchanges are going to have to make a decision ultimately. Otherwise, they could face, you know, so, you know they're operating in a very gray area, a uh, very, very gray area. So, so expect more of the same but elsewhere, basically. 
Um, last, let's touch upon the last two things, just because I've run over time. Might as well just fill out, um, touch the key points, touch upon the key points I wanted to touch upon. Um, so I'd love to get your opinion on this, guys. So uh, Bitcoin maximalists are accused of shilling an SEC declared token. So Jameson Lop, uh, Whale Panda, a few other people that are really popular. Um, I've been basically promoting a cryptocurrency called INX or INX token and comparing this to a Binance coin, so BNB, except um, you don't have to worry about the exchange owner, uh, the exchange or the owner getting taken down, the, you know, the coin losing value because because um, it's basically a reg regulated cryptocurrency, regulated offering, public IPO. Uh, what's your opinion on maximalists, Bitcoin maximalists and cypherpunks, self-proclaimed cypherpunks, promoting non-Bitcoin projects? So any project that isn't Bitcoin, so another cryptocurrency project, so I don't mean like a UX project or you know a wallet project or coin join project or something. Um, I mean, what's your opinion on this? Because I think people can basically have the freedom to do whatever they want. People's opinions and principles can change over time. Uh, and that's part of growth. Um, but if they have a financial incentive in the project, then it's, it's, it's basically very suspect, in my opinion, especially in this space, because there's so many shysters in the space and people trying to take advantage. Um, so I'd love to get your opinion on that. And lastly, um, I think this chap's called Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports. Um, he's recently been exiting the cryptocurrency space. He's someone that's been trading Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies very poorly, if I'm honest with you. Um, and I've seen videos of him pop up as memes where he's basically just gambling, just randomly popping, dumping money into projects or into the space and then going absolutely crazy and it, and it seemed like it was more for reaction i didn't think he was actually committing these funds to this space but apparently it was uh which is absolutely insane because he'd, he'd drop millions and then just sell millions of 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 dollars uh in crypto and it doesn't seem like a reasonable you know approach to space uh for someone that has no trading experience starting off just like dropping ridiculous amounts of money into the space uh, would have would have fed much better just cost averaging in like just, I mean, I'm I'm a again not financial advice, but if you just, if you just cost average again weekly or monthly, and sell it on autopilot, you're basically better than most people in this space. Ultimately, and most people that trade and invest, even in traditional space, um, think about this, guys. the The rate of return will be averaged down, but you'll get a you'll get a decent rate of return rather than losing massive amounts of your money. Um, the, 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 um, I was going to make a separate video on this or post on this um, because I think there are far too many traders if I'm honest with you because and not to say there's not great education trading education out there there is there's fantastic stuff out there I have trading stuff on my website as well um, but if you can't beat I'd say if you can't beat um, the return you'd get from cost averaging in into whatever cryptocurrencies you want to hold for, you know, three to five years, um, and you've been trading, 
it's, there's, there's an opportunity cost. You're basically losing money or not making as much money as you can. I know trading is a skill. I, and the thing is I'm biased because I do feel like trading is something that you, you know, it's a way to generate income until you're basically don't have the mental capacity to do so, which is a very old age. So if you can trade yourself out of a job, fantastic. Unless you enjoy what you're doing like I do, um, then it's a bit different. But um, not, I'm not saying quit your job, guys. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm not saying anyone to quit their job and trade full time. Um, but if you're if if you if you are able to trade and make money consistently over time, fantastic. Um, it's amazing, and it means you can again earn forever, basically, because there is going to be a time where you're not going to be able to work unless you have your own business, um, because you'll basically be old and retired, in theory. Um, not capable though, but you know. Um, but again, I'm just to go back to my original point. If if your trading gains aren't significant enough to kind of beat what you'd make for cost averaging in, then you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. You just you just cost average in. And a good way to work around this is to have a trading account with a fixed set of funds that you do not add to. You do not add to. Full stop. You can't top it up. Even if you're doing well, don't top it up. You have to prove that you can trade with the money that you have and started off with and grow that account over time and then beat the rest of your funds that you should be cost averaging into this space anyway um, and beat the gains you'd make on average from a quarterly, yearly you know, time frame. So it's kind of a long game. Um, I know a lot of you have been trading for quite some time now um, if you're listening to this and some of you are more new. Maybe this is the first time you've listened to the show. Um, if you if this is the first time you listen to the show and it's the first first time you're kind of considering trading is this is this like recent couple last couple of months I'd say yeah don't trade learn learn about trading um, you know start with a free account where you're not um, like paper trading where you're not really having any capital at risk and just start cost averaging in and owning crypto specifically mostly Bitcoin to start off with um, that's, that's the easiest way to kind of get started um, even if you're not doing that also you probably should be cost average again it's crazy i asked um quite a few people not so long ago um how much bitcoin they own um and this is people that have been in the space for a while uh active traders that believe in bitcoin and they own a considerable amount uh lower amount than i would have thought based on how much money they've committed this space because they've been losing money trading um, at some point. So, you know, you'd be making like 15 to 20% gain um, from their trading on average, which isn't terrible. That's still beating inflation. That's great. But are you beating the gains you would make cost averaging in over the course of two to three years? Um, one of them's been trading for six years. Imagine trading, trading six Bitcoin for six years and owning less than two Bitcoin. That's insane to me. That's insane. It's so crazy. How can you own less than two Bitcoin if you've been trading for six years? By God. Um, and this is something that wants to own Bitcoin. It just would have made sense just to cost average into to Bitcoin over that over that six year period. But anyway, um, I digress. Anyway, that's the end of the show, guys. It went on for longer than expected, as it usually does. But I'm going to blame that on the you know the housekeeping, etc., etc. Uh, it's great jumping back in. Um, we'll speak to you again very soon, and I hope you have an amazing day. Wish you guys all the best.